0: It's the Nashville Predators and Anaheim Ducks. That is a matchup fan circle on their calendar every single year. Is it still a rivalry? Yeah, where do the Ducks rank in terms of the Preds' biggest rivals of all time? That's a debate we'll have today, plus we'll look ahead to tonight's game. Anaheim kind of in a weird spot, but there are a couple of players you're going to want to watch out for, especially with the trade deadline coming up. This is Locked on Predators
1: your locked on predators your daily podcast on the nashville predators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Thank you for tuning in to Lockdown Predators and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at ontheforecheck.com, and I have a partner in crime.
1: You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Yeah.
0: And uh the Anaheim ducks are coming the to Bridgetown ducks. Arena tonight. That is always kind of a special occasion. Uh the ducks, of course, are kind of in a weird spot right now. The preds are also kind of in a weird spot <laughs> right now. For real. Uh, so kind of an interesting matchup going either way, and.
1: Yeah, this one makes me a little bit nervous for a couple of reasons and that we'll get into, but this is one that I think Nashville, you know, we hate to say at this point in the season, these are must-win games, but these are two points that would be very valuable to Nashville in the Central Division, so tonight feels a little weighty, and I think that playing the Ducks always kind of gives it a little extra, you know, oomph, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, the
0: Ducks are always a team that it feels like the Predators always bring out their A game too. It's mm-hmm. kind of that old rivalry sort of juice that we've seen from teams like, you know, when the Preds always played the Red Wings, you know, back in the back in the early 2000s, that was always the Preds best game. Um, you know, with the Blackhawks of course. This past decade, we kind of saw that mm-hmm. where the Preds always seemed to kind of be on their P's and Q's all game long. And then, you know, we're, we're kind of starting to see it now with Dallas, but Anaheim has historically always kind of been that way for the Preds where they always seem to come out focused. And, you know, even if the game doesn't go their way, they're always seemingly in it. They're always a battle. Um, and yeah, I, I expect that again tonight, especially in the context of the Preds got to keep winning games. Like they have to keep winning games by any means necessary.
1: Yeah. I think these two points are so important and I agree with you. I think Anaheim is one of those games where you always kind of know this is going to be hard hitting with a little bit of a bite to it. And even if Anaheim doesn't win, they're going to try to exact some sort of a physical toll on the Nashville predators. There is just something about the Anaheim ducks that really stirs the, the, vile I can't even think of the word stirs up something
0: you can just say it Nashville hates Anaheim
1: Nashville hates Anaheim and and it just stirs up something in the Predators and in the fans so that you know that tonight's game is going to be a a good game one way or the other and and let's say Anaheim's not coming off of a good game so that makes this extra interesting
0: yeah, if you saw Anaheim the other night, oh, they yeah. lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, <laughs> who are also not a very good hockey team. Yeah, um, Eight to three, and it wasn't oh. just before they looked absolutely bad. Um, this Horrible. has kind of been a trend for Anaheim. Remember, they started really, really hot out of the gate. Uh, A lot of people kind of jump to the conclusion that, hey, maybe they're ahead of their rebuild a little bit, maybe, you know, a little bit better than teams thought they were going to be during the season. Obviously, you know, when you have guys like Trevor Zegris stepping up Mm -hmm. and uh, and Jimmy Drysdale having the season that they're having, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe they're a dark horse. Um, But they have kind of fallen off a lot over the last little bit, Uh, four and six in their last 10 Uh, They now are firmly out of a wild card spot. I mean, technically they're only, um, math is hard, they're only four points out of the last wild card spot, but they have three teams ahead of them right now points percentage wise. So not only are they have more ground to make up, but they actually have fewer games in which to do it.
1: Mm -hmm. And if you look at the last 10 games that they played where they were four and six, it's so interesting to me because they beat a team like Boston. They beat San Jose twice, but it took overtime and a shootout to do that. They beat Vancouver, you know, so you think, okay, maybe this is a team that is pretty good. And then, you know, you, you look at their record and the, and the teams they've lost to are pretty good. You know, they've lost to Vegas, uh, they've lost to Edmonton, to Calgary. So they've lost to some good teams, but then I went back and watched the highlights from the Chicago game and oh my goodness. Um, it was really, really rough, especially defensively. I mean, it was, yeah. Um, I would say it was hard to watch, but it was delightful as a Nashville Predators fan to watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry.
1: Yes, that's it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely, you can tell they're still in a rebuild. And I think mm-hmm. the other thing is they're just not getting the production they were earlier in this season. I mean, Troy Terry having a phenomenal year, 28 goals and 21 assists. But he's actually cooled off from where he was mm-hmm. at the start of the year. Like the pace is kind of dropping a little bit. And then you also look at a guy like Ryan Getzlaff, you know, who's normally their big gun only three goals this season yeah and they count on him for a lot of points each and every year um so he he's having one of the worst seasons of his career it's very weird like it it is very weird for anaheim because you look and you see all these pieces stepping up like zegras cam fowler having another big year um but then you go back and it's like okay well then why aren't they doing better and then you look and it's like right. some of their big names are, you know, the, the guys like gets laugh that we we've kind of heard like all season long, Jacob Silverberg, another guy, you know, we're used to them kind of putting the team on their back and being the, like the stars of the show. And that hasn't been the case. John Gibson, remember oh. how much kudos we gave John yes. Gibson over the last couple of years because the ducks were terrible but John Gibson was, like, ungodly good, had something like a 9, like 25 save percentage, yes. even though he was facing, like, 45 shots a game, something like that. The Ducks have gotten a little bit better this year, but he has taken a step back. Like, he yes. is not having – A fantastic season. In fact, Anthony Stellars is kind of sneaking up on him. He's been playing more consistent when he's been starting. Um, So not sure which one of them we'll see tonight, but that's something to certainly watch out for. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of familiar names for the Anaheim Mm -hmm. Ducks who aren't doing familiar Anaheim Duck things.
1: Yeah, John Gibson really had a rough outing against the Blackhawks. He led in five goals in the first period, and uh, Stellars came in in the second and third periods for him. So he, you know, I think he's going to want to get back out on the ice and and kind of not linger in that five goal place, but I'll be interested to see who they do start in that because boy, was it a rough go for Gibson. And of course, all of this to say, Nashville has their own issues that they need to navigate as well. You know, it's, let's not, you know, deny that it's kind of fun to talk about how the Anaheim Ducks are struggling in certain ways, but Nashville has their own struggles as well. And, you know, if they're not careful, this could get out of hand with them. One of the things that the Ducks do really well is their special teams is very good. You know, they've uh, they're 25 percent on the power play. And let's face it, Nashville, the last two games have done very well as far as staying out of the box and killing off whatever penalties that they took. But we have seen them down this stretch kind of get sloppy about things like penalties and so this is one of those areas where i'm like okay nashville don't shoot yourself in the foot because they'll take advantage of this
0: well it's consistency isn't it you know we talked about how good they've been the last two games Um, is that them going back to the norm or is this them just kind of being on point for two games in a row. And that I think is going to be the big question down the stretch, because I mean, we've talked about several times before the predators since mid January have not played good hockey. There've been some good games here and there, but they've had a lot of losses. They've had a lot of just straight up bad games. And you know, the last two games have been really good. It's kind of a return. Like we mentioned that Dallas game, was kind of a return to the type of play we had seen from the predators back in November January and November December and the start of January I don't know why I didn't think December was a month but you know. <laughs> It was, a it was it, a blur. It was a blur. It was a whole blur. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of a throwback to that type of play for the Predators where they were really on it and they were one of the best teams in the NHL. So that gives me hope that, you know what, maybe they've really buckled down. Maybe that mm-hmm. Kraken loss was a big wake up call for the Preds. Like maybe they sat down and it's like, okay, this is, this is it. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to kind of be the X factor for the Preds, not just in this game, but moving forward. It's like, are is the Dallas game, is the San Jose game more mm-hmm. along the lines of what we're going to see from here on out for the rest of the season? Because if so, the Predators are going to be, you know, a threat to get far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. If it's not, if this is just kind of a, you know, an eye of a hurricane and sort of an overall downward trend, then we've got problems.
1: Yes, and I think this Anaheim game tonight is going to be a really important gauge for which way this goes because... You know, like we said, Anaheim has their own struggles, but sometimes Nashville can play down to their opponent. This is something you have to be careful of. And I think if they can keep their execution where it was with Dallas and um, against San Jose, I think this is something, you know, this is two points that they can come away with. But again, like you're talking about, which team is going to show up? Is this going to be, you know, who is Nashville going to reveal themselves to truly be? And I think this game tonight is going to tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, a little bit more from this game coming up. Plus, where do you rank Anaheim on your list of the Preds' biggest rivals? It's not one that immediately jumps to mind in the historic context, but there is a lot, a lot of evidence that says the Ducks should be pretty high uh, when it comes to the Preds' short history. Uh, But first, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet online a college basketball tournament season underway in fact i'm watching a couple of early games as we speak during halftime go blue um when whatever you know if you want to gamble on a few of the games this year you need our friends at bet online because they have all the latest odds contests and player props bet online is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info they remain the best spot also for all of your scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball of course bet online has your number has your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts yeah the one thing that's interesting to me about this game tonight Am, and I think you hit on it is special teams Yeah, um, because you know as good as the Preds have played that was kind of a sore point against Dallas and Dallas has a good penalty killing unit like let's give them credit Um, But not a lot of offense generated. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's that's going to be the key is can you take advantage of the chances the Ducks give you while limiting also the Ducks power play chances as well? Because, as you mentioned, they're a very dangerous power play team.
1: Yeah, I think staying out of the box is going to be one of the keys for the Predators to kind of keep this game under control. But they need to kind of get some juice back in the power play as well. And Anaheim has a pretty good penalty kill, too. So this is, you know, it's like you're going to have to make the most of the opportunities you're given and not open the door very much. And I think if you see Nashville go into the box early and you see Anaheim capitalize on it, this is going to be an uphill battle for the Nashville Predators. And that is something they don't want to do. You know, I know they went down against Dallas early, you know, in the third period and had to kind of play from behind, but let's not make that a habit. And I think that there are some things that Anaheim struggled to do in the Chicago game that if that carries over, Nashville can capitalize on some of the defensive breakdowns. So let's focus on doing that and not going in the box. You know, they're going to have to walk that fine line between playing physical and man, a game against Anaheim brings out the physicality, I think, with the Nashville Predators for sure, but they're going to have to be smart about it because that's something that could really kind of bite them. They want to play five on five. They want to stay out of the box.
0: So it's interesting you mentioned how physical this game always gets. We know Preds and Ducks have had some interesting battles over the years. A lot of face-to-face time in the playoffs. You know, players and fans seem to not like one another yeah there's an interesting rivalry it is a very interesting rivalry and you wouldn't think that from a team based in nashville tennessee and one mm-hmm. based in southern california but there is a lot of complicated stuff at stake here and that kind of brings up the question where do the ducks rank in terms of the preds biggest rivals um at the end of um 2020 One of our friends, uh, Bobby Mizey, who writes for On the 4 Check, did kind of a decade in review where he called the Ducks the biggest rival the Preds had in the 2010s and a dark horse for maybe their biggest rival ever. And I was like, well, I mean, come on. Red Wings were, you know, a big thing early on. Blackhawks, everybody knows the Blackhawks. And then I kept thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? There was a lot of playoff series that started with bad blood. And yes. It kind of ended in bad blood. There was a lot of personal shots uh, from writers from Anaheim that were taken at the city of Nashville and its fans. Um, you know, it seems like whenever the preds have kind of had a marquee playoff memory, like when you think back to like the best playoff memories of all time, it always seems to be something involving the Ducks. Yes. Yes. I mean, you got to think they should be in the
1: conversation, right? Well, and and I'm with you when you think about rivalries, this is not the team that pops into my mind, but when you think about games that have been extra chippy that have an extra little something to them no matter what doesn't matter really the team's records you know we look at going into tonight's game these are not two teams that are you know top of their top of their divisions top of the league or anything like that but there is still this undercurrent with anaheim where nashville does not like them and i think the feeling is mutual and so i think there is a decent argument Even though you kind of have to think about it for a minute, but there's a decent argument for Anaheim really being one of the top rivals for the Nashville Predators. And, you know, you just see it come out in the DNA of any game these two teams play.
0: Yeah. And you kind of have to break it down into two series of thoughts. Like there's the divisional rivals You know, the ones that the Preds see all the time, that they're fighting for playoff spots against. You know, that's kind of where, you know, the Blackhawks came in just because they're in the same division and they started getting really, really good. But then they're, yeah, but then the other school of thought is just teams where you always seem to be pissed off at. And that (laughs) is, that's Anaheim. And, you know, it started way back in, um, it was 2011, When they Mm -hmm. had their first playoff series against each other, we, of course, know that was the Preds' first playoff series win. But there was a big article um, by one of the Ducks beat writers in the Orange County Sun or Orange County Register. I don't know. Who cares what Anaheim's newspaper is called? Um, Basically trashing Nashville's a hockey town, basically trashing the city, kind of making fun of, you know, southerners hockey in the south
1: yeah um
0: and that seemed that really ticked off fred's fans as it should um and i think that's what kind of got the resentment towards the ducks and their fans going but then you couple it off and you think like cory perry was there
1: okay right there yeah and
0: there's the story do we just need to end it right there with the words (laughs) Corey perry was there yes um but yeah and and that it kind of evolved and then you know the players started pushing a little bit harder with each other you know there's a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff going on and it, it just kind of spiraled and it just kind of spiraled and it got to the point where you know especially I think during the series in 2016 and 2017 Um, Mm -hmm. It was kind of the I'm not comparing the two. I am not comparing the two, but it kind of had a little bit of like the 90s Red Wings avalanche vibe where it's like they don't really have like any sort of history with each other. Um, They don't really have like a common border. There's not like some long standing (laughs) divisional thing between them, but they always seem to meet each other in the postseason. The players don't like each other. There's always bad blood. There's always something going on. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's a comparison you have to make when you're talking about these two.
1: Well, and I think it's really interesting what you brought up to about the article and kind of how sort of the off ice rub from Anaheim sort of chafes. And I wonder if this rivalry feels the way it does because so much of it started off ice and it transfers on ice. And I think you have rivalries, you know, you look at Dallas, for instance, and I consider them kind of a big rival, but a lot of the Dallas rivalry comes from on ice things, Corey Perry. Um so much comes from Corey Perry. He just yeah. brings destruction and division everywhere he goes. Bless. Um but I think because so much of Anaheim started off ice, it just bubbles differently on ice. And, and I think it's harder for it to die down because it felt really personal. It wasn't a, necessarily about a specific game. It wasn't necessarily about a specific series, although a lot of this off ice stuff happened around 2011. But I think it's really difficult to get past that when it's off ice, things, and I think it just kind of grows its tentacles into the rivalry a little deeper when it starts off ice and is handled then on ice.
0: Yeah, where do you rank Anaheim on the list of the Preds' rivals? Like, because, and I guess, I guess I should expand this a little bit because right now I would argue maybe there's a couple of teams like dallas Mm -hmm. um, it seems like there's a little bit more of an immediate rivalry there um but you you'd have to consider anaheim maybe in your top three right
1: yeah i really think you do and it's funny because again we don't see them all that often. And yet there is just something about the Ducks that I think makes them one of Nashville's top rivals. I would agree. I think Dallas is moving into that top three spot, Corey Perry. Um. So well, he's not there anymore. It doesn't matter. He was. So, it just so doesn't by, matter.
0: by rule, is Tampa now the Preds' biggest rivals?
1: You know what? I don't like them. Like Corey Perry reminds me of a snail and I say, and I say this kindly, Um, but like, you know how, like when a snail moves, it just leaves a little sludge. Corey Perry has just <laughs> left hockey sludge everywhere he's gone. And it, you know, it carries over. So I think Dallas, you know, with the um, losing to them in 2019, I think the winter classic hit on Ellis, I think Dallas is kind of turning into that. But that's all again. That's on ice things. Um, and while I would say that's a rivalry, there, you know, Anaheim still just gets in the craw of Nashville for sure. And I think they have to be considered a top three.
0: I would go. Okay, so I'm going to break this down right now. Okay, like currently. Current. I would say number one is Dallas. Yes. Because, A, I think that's always who the Preds seem to be fighting for playoff ground against. Um, And I think you're seeing those games start to get a lot of bad blood. Mm -hmm. Two, I would say Anaheim based Mm -hmm. on history. And then I would say the St. Louis Blues. Hmm. Now, I think... I think, you know, because a lot of people are going to be like, well, what about the Blackhawks? Yeah. But the Blackhawks aren't really good right now. <laughs> and yeah. I think, I think like since that 2017 playoff series where the Preds, like stopped them and then they just kind yes. of fell off a cliff, mm-hmm. um, that, <laughs> that seemed to take a little bit of luster out of the matchup. Um, yes. Yes. And, and, you know, it's still fun to beat Chicago. Like, do not get me wrong. Like, but I think from our standpoint, as Preds fans, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit more of not only is it fun to beat them, but it's important to beat them. And I think that's kind of what makes the rivalry. Like, I would say, you know, Detroit, Chicago are probably the Preds, two of the three biggest rivals of all time, along with Mm -hmm. the Ducks. Um, but, you know, the Red Wings don't play in the division anymore and the Blackhawks are bad, so it's, like, not as an important of a thing. Right. Um, Those three teams, and I I say Anaheim because they are still in a playoff hunt, and this game for them can change a lot of things about their playoff push from their perspective. But, yeah, I would say Dallas, Anaheim, St. Louis.
1: I think one that... I would agree with I would agree with that. St. Louis maybe. I'll tell you the one that I think is starting is Carolina.
0: I was going to say
1: that too. Yeah. I think Carolina is kind of brewing a little bit of this because in 2021 or, you know, in 2021, the kind of divisions were shifted. And so we saw Carolina a lot and then we had to beat them to make it into the playoffs. And then, oh, hey, wait, look, we get to play them in the playoffs. And those games were really physical. They were really... um, very heated. And so I feel like Carolina is growing into a rival where when you see it on the calendar, you have that Anaheim Ducks like, I oh, really want to beat these people. But I think it's interesting. Riddle me this, Nick. Why is San Jose not a rival, considering we've lost, you know, the Predators lost to them in 2006, 2007, 2016, and yet they don't sort of evoke much. For I me. would
0: say at some point they did. Really? Um, but, it, but I think it's it's another one of those things where they don't see each other a lot anymore. You know, mm-hmm. they haven't had any playoff series since 2016. And I think what maybe puts the Ducks in a little bit more of, a, I guess, a higher tier mm-hmm. is that the Preds had to go through the Ducks to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think that's why a lot of people were a little bit more intense. Now, if the the sharks and predators ever play each other again, like that for sure is going to be a thing. But that's another thing where it's just the sharks have either not been good the past few years or have just kind of been out of the predator's way. And I think if there's an instance where they're back in the predator's way, then you kind of have to think about that again. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Carolina though Carolina yeah. is one to me that's that's budding. Um, they're obviously only gonna play twice a year unless they see each other in the Stanley Cup Finals so I think that's maybe one reason why it's not a little bit higher. Um, right. the social media oh, between the two fan bases and their social media guy, Not liking our social media girl apparently was a thing. Yes. Um, And it was just kind of this giant sort of weird thing. Thing. Rod Brindamore's dumb comments. I think there's just a lot of stuff that makes Preds fans not like Carolina very much. (laughs) I mean, I personally certainly cheered against them when they beat us last year. Oh, um, yes. Just, just because that was like one of the instances where it's like, you know what, I'm going to be petty. Like this is a time where. Oh, I'm going to be petty.
1: yes. Um,
0: but, you know, maybe if they meet each other again down the road in a finals or something like that, it'll come back. Um, I, I don't think that's much of a big thing right now, but it's it's brewing. We certainly saw pieces of it last year. Saw pieces yeah. of Tampa Bay. Also, yes. performing in last year as well. Sorry, during the stadium series, kind of also. Corey Perry. Corey what Perry. Is, yeah, the what snail sludge the, the snail south.
1: sludge. I mean, you know, it, it's just the fact that is. But, you know, the another one that I thought about was Minnesota. And basically, because the teams are so interchangeable, yeah. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like we just swap yeah. players and then you have to not like them again. Yeah, um, they, but they have, guess, they have the old
0: owner. They have the old players.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm sure because we've been putting in the universe, they're going to assign Philip Forsberg. This Oh East gosh, no.
1: Uh, um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I
0: mean, Minnesota is an interesting one. I'll give you that. They
1: are, but they don't evoke. It's not the same emotion as the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks is just dark. You know, like we just really, it's 100% we don't like them. Minnesota, you know, it's like the younger brother. Annoying, always around, kind of always pestering you, always wanting to be just like you, but you have to put up with them.
0: Would you have treated Minnesota in a different light just then if Rem Pitlick was still on the team?
1: you know what i would have and they dug themselves a deeper hole when they put him on waivers and i will tell you full disclosure i watch every canadian's game i can watch and he did have two assists and a goal last night
0: if if he was still there you would have been like you know what preds fans should love minnesota that is my team number two (laughs) carrying the giant wild flag before them
1: Look, you wave yeah. Rem Pitlick and, and you lose. I mean, I'm still trying to come to terms with the Nashville Predators waving Rem Pitlick. I that's a whole that is a whole podcast. Yeah, but right who do you there. take out of the lineup
0: right now? Uh
1: well here's the thing. This is and again, this is a whole podcast here. I don't feel like they knew how to utilize what Rem brings to the game. I don't think that Rem Fair. Pitlick is is uh, less talented than some of the people that are in the lineup. I think he plays maybe a little bit different style and they didn't know how to make it fit. I think it's a puzzle piece thing. And let me tell you, it, it seems to be working in Montreal and, you know, go Canadians.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean like, but the thing is like also like Michael mccarran has been fantastic this season, but he's also exactly I'm player this season. So yeah. even, you can't even just go, oh yeah, we'll have Pitlick over McCarron, because he would have also gotten like hit or miss ice time. Right. So yeah. yeah I mean it's it's good to see around in Montreal where he's being used right. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah. We this is we did not mean for this to become a uh <laughs>
1: Everything is ultimately about where Rem Pitlick is and how he is being utilized. Everything yeah, in the we, NHL we, we'll comes have down him. to that.
0: We will have his presence on our show, maybe sometime soon, unless yes. he doesn't want anything to do with us. We'll see. Either one's a strong possibility. Um, yeah. Preds versus ducks tonight. We're going to have your full recap tomorrow. Also a fun, couple of fun things we got coming up next week, which we hope to tell you about until then. And. Where can we find your work online?
1: You can find my work at ontheforcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on Ice.
0: You can find me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Read my work at ontheforecheck.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like, share, subscribe, and also leave a comment on the videos. Let us know uh, your takes on who the Preds' biggest rival is, or just let us know a topic you want us to discuss in the future. Until then, though, that's it for today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for some Preds-Ducks recap.